Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to discuss diversity and inclusion in the Minnesota National Guard, check in with Mac V on the fight against veteran homelessness, and remember a founding member of Minnesota Military Radio, Mr. Drew Lee. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. On behalf of the more than 13,000 citizen soldiers and airmen of the Minnesota National Guard, it was sad to hear the passing of Drew Lee. Drew was our greatest supporter to get Minnesota Military Radio on the air. And over the years, he has visited Minnesota National Guard troops and broadcasted from Norway and Kuwait. Our deepest condolences to his colleagues, listeners, and most importantly, his family. Thank you, General Mackey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining me now uh, is uh, Air Force Major Corey Robinson, who is the director of the Minnesota National Guard's Diversity and Inclusion uh, Major, welcome to uh, minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sir, I'm looking at uh, your bio and your resume, and it, uh, even though uh, mine goes back to 1970, it looks like you uh, followed uh, in my footsteps in the Air Force and went to basic training and then went over to Shepard Air Force Base to become uh, a financial specialist. I was in uh, accounting and finance back in the back in the Air Force uh, probably before you were born, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too far, not too far back, though. But uh, yes, yes, sir. I did. I did follow in those same footsteps. Um, in '92, entered the service um, in Sioux City, Iowa, at the uh, air refueling wing there. Um, into the finance field, uh, did my six-year term, took a break, and then went back to finance. Before, at the age of 39, I actually had to get a waiver in order to commission into the uh, officer ranks. So um, the governor of Iowa gave me that that waiver, and I went and went through a second basic training, so to speak, and here I am. And then in 2015, you thanked the Iowa governor by transferring to 133rd Airlift <laughs> up here in Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota, sir. <laughs> I did all I could do there, so I had to come here and put in work. Very good, sir. Now, I understand that uh, you are the director of the Minnesota National Guard's Diversity and Inclusion and the Minnesota National Perspective of Operationalizing Diversity and Inclusion institutionalizes the process to attract, recruit, develop, and retain a quality workforce. Is is the goal, sir, I think we've talked about this before, to try to make the composition of the Minnesota Army and Air National Guard match the diversity that we have in the state of Minnesota? Absolutely. The, the, the goal is to... Um, we're unique, um, aside from the, the active duty forces. Um, they travel from base to base. They get assigned, et cetera. In the National Guard, we choose. We're all volunteer. We choose to be here in our uh, communities. So we like to say that we look like the communities that we serve. And, Major, that sounds like a big job because as I take a look yes. around Minnesota, I've lived here my whole life. we got people every size, shape, color, creed, all kinds of people here in Minnesota can you go out and actually recruit for those folks that aren't represented? It's a it's a challenge. It's a big challenge, um, especially with uh, um, as we all know the uh, the civil unrest that happened recently here in the the great state of Minnesota. Um, it's a challenge uh, to uh, change the minds of those who were involved in that. Um, so we're 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 challenged, but we're we're optimistic. Because as we get back into the community, and that's part of my job as the diver director of diversity, um, we get into the community and do a lot of outreach um, in these areas where we're, um, you know, 
we're less represented um, within our, our ranks. So we get out there, let them know that we're still here. We still live and work in their communities, and we are allies. And that's the message. Major, I understand the Minnesota National Guard diversity and inclusion strategy includes four overarching goals that define operational path to success. Could you could you just tell us a little bit about what those are? Absolutely. So to start it off, um, everything works from the examples that are set by our leaders. Um, I know previously you had uh, General Mankey uh, have a, a message on here. Um, he is 110% behind diversity and inclusion within our ranks. Um, he is who I report to um, on a weekly basis as to where we sit uh, numbers-wise. Um, if we have uh, um, any outreach programs going on, he is first and foremost informed and he usually takes part in these actions. So it's very rare that you have somebody in the um, civilian sector, uh, the president of the company or the CEO, come and spend time with the people who work boots on the ground, so to speak. Uh, General Mankey, he is one of those individuals that is right there with the troops, the soldiers and airmen, um, putting the word out and letting it be known that, hey, this is important to me, so it should be important to you. And, Major, uh, we've listened to General Mankey ever since he became the adjutant general, and we get a weekly message from him every week. But he's taken on just about every kind of topic you can think of, and some of them aren't very easy. So you can tell he's the type of leader that's going to be out there saying, let's do this right, guys. Absolutely. And gals. Absolutely. And and it's great to see him out there as well as his staff. Um, make no mistake, um, diversity and inclusion at the top, it's huge. It is a, a foot stomper. Um, and it is coming down to the, the junior ranks as well. And they with the, when they see the senior leaders out there uh, supporting all of our councils um, and uh, promoting diversity, then they are, it, it opens their eyes to say, hey, this is really something that we need to get a, get on board with. And Major, I would think just from from a standpoint of a, of a radio host that's been watching this for 12 years, you got a couple of things you have to do every year. You have some turnover in the in the guard, so you've got about 10% of your soldiers and airmen you have to replace every year. But then they come up at the at the end of those first enlistments and you got an opportunity to retain the best. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's another step uh, that it involves us having um, being out there and outreach uh, with our diversity um, program um, to make people feel like they are a part of the bigger picture and they're wanted, the, their voices are heard. That's what retains people. If they feel like they just went through a six-year term and they haven't really learned anything or they haven't been involved in what the bigger picture is, we're going to lose that person. So diversity is a way to get them in, get them around other people, their peers, exchange ideas, most importantly, network. And that's what, once they see their writing on the wall, they will stick around. We're speaking with Air Force Major Corey Robinson about diversity and inclusion in the Minnesota National Guard on Minnesota Military Radio. And, sir, I know that uh, you're you're also working on partnerships, and I know that the Guard works closely with the ESGR, the Employer Support of the Guard and Reserve. Our employers in Minnesota have been really supportive of the National Guard, and and that's got to be big help in your job trying to retain and, and diversify. Most definitely. I have to give a big shout-out to our uh, our corporate sponsors. Um, we we partner with a lot of our, our special emphasis councils. We have eight of them. They do partner with – they have uh, anchor councils – or, excuse me, anchor companies that they partner with. And their ERGs is what they call them out there in the civilian world uh, – when they uh, team up with our special emphasis councils, 
the networking, the the back and forth, uh, the collaboration is just amazing to see. And one of the opportunities the Minnesota National Guard has to to uh, partner with them is we've got about, I think it's a little over 80 yellow ribbon companies mm. that have said, we're going to support the troops, we're going to support the Guard, we're going we're gonna to take those uh, weekend warriors and hire them, and, and we're going to help them when they have to be deployed. That's got to be pretty helpful in your position as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we couldn't do anything that we do right now without the support of uh, the community around us. Sir, you mentioned that there were uh, eight special councils that you work with. We have to take a short break. When we come back, I want to find out what those councils are and, and ask you the big question. This is diversity and inclusion. How do you make that inclusion part work? And, and I'm hoping that you can explain that to me when we return. I'll give it a shot. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back with Air Force Major Corey Robinson on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. Uh, we've been talking to Air Force Major Corey Robinson who is the director of the Minnesota National Guard's Diversity and Inclusion. And, uh, sir, it sounds like that's a, that's a monstrous job. It but is. We're going we're gonna to find out some of the people that you work with because you mentioned that the Minnesota National Guard Diversity and Inclusion Program has eight special emphasis councils. Absolutely. Um, so similar to what the civilian sector has with their ERGs, we have the what we call the special emphasis councils. Uh, the eight that we represent here are African-American heritage, indigenous American heritage, the AAPI, um, Asian American uh, Pacific Islander. We have the disability employment, Hispanic and Latinx. We have the Holocaust remembrance. Uh, we have the LGBTQ and we also have the women's uh, uh, leadership council. And the last one you mentioned was Women's Leadership Council. Sir, uh, in today's uh, Minnesota Army and Air National Guard, there's a lot more women serving than there than there ever was when I was uh, in the military some 50 years ago. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a welcome sight. Um, and we, we they definitely have uh, um, taken uh, their representation to another level, um, especially among uh, with this special emphasis council, the Women's Leadership. Um, in fact, uh, a couple of years back, I think it was it's been about six, seven years. It was right when I uh, came to the state of Minnesota. Um, they they have a an annual women's leadership forum. It started very small um, with the group of uh, uh, female uh, service members, just kind of networking each other, making sure that they have uh, the kind of support that they needed at that time. That has since blossomed from... Oh, roughly, let's say around 40, 50 individuals when it first kicked off. Um, this year we are planning one for September 17th, and um, we're guesstimating roughly around five to 600 individuals, both male and female. So it's turned into a strict leadership conference where networking, um, and it is sponsored by one of our corporate sponsors, I have to say that. One of your yellow ribbon companies Absolutely. has been hosting it. And, sir, uh, I noticed uh, we, we've talked about this on the show in the past, but I think all the jobs are open in the Air and Army National Guard. And you've got three women that have made it into the general officer ranks. We do. We do. And one um, is a very close mentor of mine, uh, Brigadier General Sandy Best. Um, she has taken me uh, by the by the hand ever since I came to the state of Minnesota. She is responsible for bringing me from the wing uh, to Joint Force Headquarters, and she has uh, laid out the path for me um, that has been nothing but success. So. Assistant Adjutant General on the air side. She's Absolutely. Been on the show many times. What a great lady. Absolutely. God bless her. Major, you mentioned that the American Indian Native American heritage is in there. I know there's a, there's a uh, uh, Native American 
veteran powwow coming up. Are you going up yes, there? Yes, absolutely. In fact, um, we are coordinating. Um, it is being spearheaded by the 148th uh, Fighter Wing in Duluth because um, they are the closest in proximity to the Fond du Lac uh, uh, nation over there. And so we are um, taking a Black Hawk with eight individuals from the cities here, from Joint Force Headquarters, to go and participate. It'll be an all-day thing, uh, but I tell you what, the last powwow that I went to was amazing. It was pre-COVID, and we can't wait to get back there. We took the show on that trip a few years back with General Nash, and it was mm. an incredible day. Mm. And my takeaway from it was that uh, our Native Americans treat their their veterans within their communities in a way that the the rest of these people in the United States should really take a look Most at. Most definitely. We could learn from them. Agreed 100, 100%, 100%. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that trip. So, sir, we were talking about these eight special emphasis councils. So do you participate with each of those councils, and do they give you ideas on how you can achieve your goal of diversity and inclusion? I do. I do participate as more as the director of the overseer. Um, also in my office is uh, from um, – from the Army uh, National Guard side, Captain uh, Nicole Wiswell. She is the manager. She manages all eight councils. They all report to her directly. Um, what we do with each council is we coordinate with them. Each of them has an anchor month. And um, in their anchor month, for instance, um, the African-American Council, our anchor month is uh, February for Black History Month. Uh, so we usually spearhead an, an event for that month. So each council will have an anchor month. This month is Pride. Uh, so, uh, in fact, today um, we were having a, a uh, luncheon for our um, LGBTQ community service members and allies um, just to say, hey, thank you for your service, and uh, we're happy that you're here. We're speaking with Air Force Major Corey Robinson on Minnesota Military Radio. So, sir, these uh, diversity councils, is that an opportunity for the members of those councils or the members of those minority groups to give you some ideas, to give you some feedback, to give you some discussion points that you can bring back to leadership? Absolutely. And uh, going back to um, our previous conversation, Tag, he is involved with these groups 100%. Whenever there is an activity, um, an event that we put on, uh, Tag, he is involved. He is there. Uh, today, when I left the, the luncheon, he was front and center uh, with the group um, in a discussion with them. Um, so um, it's great to see senior leaders deeply involved with these uh, councils on an individual basis. So, Major, do you get involved with uh, any of the uh, other community organizations? Uh, I want to talk about, uh, for instance, the Minneapolis Police Department. We were down there and interviewed uh, uh, some of your uh, guard uh, soldiers that are members of the Minneapolis Police Force, and they mm. were telling us about all of the educational benefits available if you wanted to become a, an officer in the Minneapolis Police Force. And we even did the same thing with the Highway Patrol. Absolutely. They want officers, and they've got programs. They'll pay you while you go to school. <laughs> those kind of things have to help you with your recruiting and retention and all of those things, don't they? Yes, sir, they do. Um, in fact, um, just to, to kind of uh, uh, speak on some of the the. Uh, organizations out there. Um, you mentioned the Minneapolis Police Department. I know uh, pre-COVID, and we're starting up again right now with the St. Paul Police Department on Thursday evenings, every other Thursday, uh, they have what's called Safe Summer Nights, where they go to a rec uh, recreational uh, facility, a different one every time in St. Paul. And they actually set up bouncy houses and all this stuff, a big play area in the, in the, the park area. And they will bring a big barbecue I don't even know what it's called, but it's huge. And they will, all the food is free. 
So we partner with them. We have in the past, and we're looking to complete that uh, that uh, arrangement again for this year. Get out there. Outreach is the key. Sir, I hope you bring a couple of two or three of your best recruiters with you when you go to those events. And they're standing outside right now, so we're going to sign some people up going down the elevator. I'm starting to understand this, sir. I'm starting to understand it. Now, these these uh, councils, special emphasis councils, what kind of impact have they had on Minnesota National Guard and, and uh, the Guard members? Inclusion. Inclusion. A lot of times, some of these people that come in on their first term, they're young. Um, they don't know this way from that way when they come on the weekends monthly the first saturday the first half of the day they're usually just updating the security on their their laptops or whatever so they're not interacting with a lot of the people that are there on a day-to-day basis these councils brings them in gives them mentoring sponsoring lets them know this is the day-to-day stuff that we normally do Um, and they find a safe haven to be around people that look like them or have the same beliefs as them so these councils are a tool to make the inclusion work. Absolutely. This is one thing to say we're going to diversify and we're going to include, but it's another thing to make it happen. And if and if that's the measure of your success in your job, you've got a big job, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, this, the councils are the glue. Councils are the glue. Well, Major, I want to thank you for coming in today, and we want to wish you well, and, and I hope you uh, I hope you have much success with diversity and inclusion in the Minnesota National Guard. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, sir. That was Air Force Major Corey Robinson on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to check in with uh, Mac V on the fight against veterans' homelessness. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In a moment, we're going to learn everything there is to know about MACV, Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now, here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. Minnesota's community of more than 300,000 veterans were very sad to hear of Drew Lee's passing. His experience working in previous markets with large military populations led to the formation of the Minnesota Military Radio, and his unprecedented support has allowed the show to be syndicated statewide. We feel this loss deeply, and on behalf of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, I want to express our condolences. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. Uh, For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. And for our listeners, at the end of the fourth quarter or fourth segment, we're going to talk about Andrew Lee and his influence on Minnesota Military Radio and what a great guy he was. Right now, uh, we've got a guest in the studio, and his name is John Lovell. He's the Chief Operations Officer for MACV, which stands for Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans. John, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks for having me again, Tom. John, I want to go back. Uh, you spent some time in the military. I managed to uh, uh, stick around for about 25 years. Uh, yes, enlist, enlisted uh, right out of high school and uh, went on active duty into the Army and uh, spent four years, a little bit of traveling, and um, came back to Minnesota uh, and joined the National Guard, great uh, you know, state of Minnesota National Guard here, and also commissioned through St. Cloud State University and went back on active duty. Apparently, I couldn't make up my mind. I was coming back and forth, but uh, another five years on active duty with some more travel and back to the Minnesota National Guard as a captain and lucky enough to be able to spend the the remaining years right here in Minnesota with my family, friends, and everybody I served with in the National Guard. 
And all that time on active duty in the Guard, that adds up to one word. It's called retirement. And it's you're retired as a lieutenant colonel. And I understand uh, there's a there's a general officer you worked with a bit, uh, Neil Lloydholt. The, 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 the chief uh, executive officer, president of MACV, is uh, retired Major General Neil Lloydholt. And uh, yes, indeed, he is, he is my supervisor once again. And undoubtedly, because you met him in the military and worked for him when he was probably when he was uh, uh, in charge of the 34th Infantry Division, commanding officer, that probably led to you coming over to MACV after you retired. Well, there's there's something about uh, uh, serving together. We we had deployed uh, to Iraq together. There is there is a level of trust that that uh, service members build in those types of experiences and. And certainly understanding and knowing Neil's vision and his leadership style, there it was not a, a difficult decision at all to decide to work with him again, for him again, and uh, to have this mission that, that we have at, at MACV is, is, is a real motivator. And he's been a busy guy since he uh, took over MACV, which is a veteran-focused nonprofit organization providing services and support with the goal to end veteran homelessness in Minnesota. And uh, that uh, Mac Vega was shaking up a little bit, and uh, every time I turn around, there's something new going on over there. You guys have been busy. We, we have not sat still uh, since uh, Neil took over the organization um, in uh, 2017. Uh, we have grown significantly, uh, with, but without the, the actual um, intent of growing, our growth has really been a byproduct of doing the work that we do and having it recognized by our partners and and them asking us to do more. They say those who can do, those who do do more, and those who can do do more <laughs> when asked to. So your mission at MacV is to end veteran homelessness in Minnesota, and the trick there is what all do you have to do to to make that happen? And you've got offices all over the state. Uh, the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans is just that. We are a statewide organization. We are located uh, in Moorhead, Duluth, St. Cloud, Mankato, Rochester, of course, right here in the Twin Cities. Uh, it we're, We've grown to an organization of uh, 75 employees uh, providing uh, more and more services uh, to, to get to the root cause of homelessness and be able to provide the the uh, services needed, the inputs needed, the uh, the logistics needed to to be able to help our veterans here in Minnesota. We're speaking with John Lovell, the COO of MACV and Minnesota Military Radio. John, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had on a gentleman from the uh, Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and there was a little event up in St. Louis County uh, where they announced that uh, they'd reached uh, What's your term? Is it functional zero up Fu- there? Functional zero is the the technical term, and uh, yeah, what a what a great day that was uh, to be standing there in in uh, the city of Duluth, the, the seat of St. Louis County, uh, our our third uh, to, of the th- last three uh, continuums of care that has been able to declare functional zero. Each continuum of care uh, around the state is typically based on uh, population size, and for for many of the regions, it, it could be the northwest or the northeast, the central, the southeast, the southwest. But as the population centers get much larger, like Duluth, uh, then the COC is actually it's in, in its own county. So St. Louis County 
of declaring our eighth out of 10 uh, continuums of care that has now been able to declare a functional end to homelessness uh, in their county. And functional zero, it, it's, uh, it's a great term, but it's hard to visualize what for, for individuals. And what that really means is that um, the, the, the likelihood of homelessness is rare. If you're homeless, it's going to be brief. And the more important thing is non-reoccurring. So what was our solution how did we find it, and how do we make sure that, that it sticks? How, how do we keep them there? And once you've reached functional zero, uh, that means you have the resources on hand to ensure that, that it's rare. And rare means prevention, getting to these families before they become homeless. Rare. Uh, brief, we have the resources to house you uh, in, in, that, in that moment of, of your housing instability. And, and again, the non-reoccurring really is about having the services, having the resources, the tools to ensure that when we rehouse somebody that 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 is their solution and that they don't fall back into homelessness. Now, John, a few years back, we've been on the air for almost 12 years here, but a few years back we were talking about how do we find all of the veterans that are homeless? And, and that was the focus for many years to tell everybody, if you know of a veteran that's having trouble, if they're homeless, they're having problems, here's where you call. And a lot of that was directed, I think, over at the MDVA. Uh, and and it still has to be part of the problem because if you don't know of veterans out there that's having trouble, how can you help them? So I'm assuming you're still working on that. Well, just being here today, Tom, is, is a part of the solution. You know, to have the voice on the Minnesota Military Radio to be able to tell the mission and show people the resources because how we end up finding many of the veterans is when they – they see or hear a solution that they didn't otherwise think previously existed or a listener is, is listening to us today and says, wait a minute, I remember that person that I saw on the counter on the corner of the street. Or I remember um, my friend's uncle who's out in a fish house in the woods in northern Minnesota. And and these resources are statewide. They're for they're for all veterans. They're not just for certain veterans. They're for all individuals who served. So for our listeners, if they're aware of a veteran that is that is homeless or having experiencing trouble, how, where do they go? Who do they talk to to report the, this veteran? Well, we, we, we always use the term, there's no wrong door. Um, you know, many veterans will can reach out to MACV directly by just calling us on our 800 line, 833-222-MACV, which is 6228. Uh, again, that's 833 222 6228 uh, or MACV. MACV. And uh, we, we've really stepped up our ability to reach uh, veterans where they're at through technology as well. We have veterans who will self-refer by going on our website and, and just filling out uh, a brief uh, question that of what type of resource they're looking for. Um, so the, the days of somebody having to be driven to an office, you know, it, COVID taught us that, that we don't have to do that anymore. So we're using technology more and more to reach veterans. Uh, but through stories, through the radio, uh, through all of our VSO organizations who are out there, our American Legions, our VFWs, the MD, MDVA and the VA, you know, we uh, are all responsible for, for, the, for our veterans. And we don't have to have all the resources individually. We just need to know where they are and bring people to them. So for our listeners, if you know a veteran in crisis, call your local 
Veteran Service Organization, get a hold of the MACV, get a hold of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, let somebody know that there's a veteran in crisis and the wheels will start turning and you get out there. And uh, at that uh, event that you had up in St. Louis County, I understand part of the announcement was you've got all but two counties in Minnesota down to your definition of functional zero. That is correct, Tom. It's uh, Ramsey County and Hennepin County. Not surprising. They're two most populous counties in the state. Um, it is where the majority of the 275 veterans who are currently on the homeless registry are residing. They're existing, residing here in the Twin Cities because most of the resources are here in the Twin Cities. Um, and with with our with all the efforts of our outstate staff to get their their areas to functional zero, we're now uh, in a in a place where we can have a laser focus on these two counties and and really talk about what is needed, you know, to to reach functional zero to to meet the governor's intent of Minnesota being the fourth state to be able to declare a functional end to veteran homelessness. John, we're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about those two counties and, and how you tackle those and get them to functional zero. But really now what we're telling our listeners is for most of the state, you're at functional zero. Still, that doesn't mean that if they, if that you're, they're not going to be more veterans that have trouble. So if they are, report them. But now your focus is on prevention for the rest of the state. Correct. And we'll talk a little bit about what that means when we come back as well. We're talking to John Lovell, COO from MACV on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to John Lovell, who is the Chief Operations Officer of MACV, which stands for the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans. And, John, we've talked about all the exciting things going on and all the progress that you've made. And and I know here in Minnesota that uh, the governor has made uh, veteran homelessness a, a priority. Uh, and it seems like the state legislature... Uh, gave you some money in this last session, so they must agree with that. And I know you're working closely with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and the Minneapolis VA. You've got some great partners out there. It uh, really, you know, we're, we're always happy to talk about the organization MACV, but we really exist because of the partnerships. It wouldn't, we are, you know, one component of that collective that is able to provide these services. You know, MACV, our success is based on the success of MDVA and, and the Minneapolis VA, uh, we, we, do, we don't exist in a vacuum. Um, all these resources have to be brought together. And, you know, for the state to be able to this year approve its very first ever Veterans Omnibus Bill and to have the, the faith, uh, the, the trust from the governor as well as Commissioner Herkey and the Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, to to appropriate some of that money directly to MACV with the charge of adding more permanent supportive housing opportunities. And, and that focus will start right here in, in Ramsey and, and Hennepin County. And of course, there are the two counties left and you've been working there, but I want to talk about landlords a little bit. It seems to me that it, everywhere but Ramsey and Hennepin County, you've you've established offices and you've got the system going and it's working. There's more people right here. And we've talked in the past about how you need the help of landlords. You're not asking landlords to give away free housing. You're just asking them to participate so that you can help pay them. Are you still looking for some landlords? We, we absolutely need uh, more landlords who are, are willing to work, you know, hand in hand with MACV. You know, one thing that that makes 
uh, placement work for our organization is the fact that when a landlord says, you know, I wouldn't otherwise normally take a person who has a bad credit, but because they're coming with uh, case management from MACV, uh, they're, they're a little more, more comfortable with that. And so it's, it's the ongoing relationship that is, it's not we're just placing somebody and hoping for the best and then stepping aside and not checking back in. So we have a team very specifically, and it's growing because we see the success in, in what we are doing with landlord engagement. So we have a group of individuals who are out talking with the landlords, trying to find out what is what is it that you need to feel comfortable about uh, having a veteran with this uh background or with this thing that, you know, otherwise it would be a hard red line for you and, and building that relationship. And then, you know, when the veterans are there, if the, if, if something comes up, we're, we're there, we're, we're, you know, coming right back in to try to make sure we can keep uh, individual housed, find out what, what issues might be there. And so we, we don't ask veteran uh, landlords to just take a veteran and hope for the best. We're going to be there with them. John, it seems that we've talked about this in the past, but a veteran to have his own door to have his own dwelling. Whatever caused the veteran to spiral down, whether it was drugs or alcohol or, or criminal problem or whatever it might be, once they've hit that bottom, if you can get them a door, then you can start getting them a job, then you can start helping them sort out whatever those problems are and get back into society and get back to participate. So the housing is huge. The, the housing is the first piece. It really is. And when when we are housing individuals in MACV homes, which we will do a lot more of now with that appropriated money, we are uh, we are that landlord. We are, but we're not just a landlord. We're there with these services, with our employment team, with our healthcare navigation for the veterans who who ha- are, need assistance in filling out forms or whatever the thing is. It's it, it comes with some support from MACV because that is the next step. Everybody wants to be able to be self sufficient. It's just some people need a a hand up to to get to there and and see that they can do it and and get that confidence back. So get them a housing, you know, get them a door, fix some of the issues, get them back to work. We still got Hennepin and Ramsey County, and we got about a minute left. How are you going to fix that? Well, the as I mentioned before, our partnerships are key to to doing that. And with the governor's, uh, and I shouldn't say the governor, but the governor and all of our elected officials passing that omnibus bill, we're going to put that money to work immediately. Um, we will be um, adding apartment buildings to the to the MACV inventory for permanent supportive housing. And and that's at a scale that we've never done before, but uh, we're we're excited about this opportunity. We are uh, enthusiastic about the fact that we were asked to do it. That that uh, Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and our elected officials trust MACV to do that. We're going to go out there and we're not going to squander this opportunity. John, last quick quick question: Do you need volunteers? We are uh, we. Thank you for asking that, Tom. We have a, a we have such a need for volunteers, and we identified that that we had to do a better job of harnessing the energy of, of volunteers. That we have a full time volunteer coordinator on our team, and it is just amazing to see what we can do when when we uh, coordinate and collaborate with our volunteers. So, for our volunteers, go online and look for Mac M A C dash V dot org. John, I want to thank you for joining us again today on Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you for having me here today, Tom. That was John Lovell, the Chief Operating Officer for the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans. 
Joining me now is uh, retired Colonel Kevin Olson, who is one of the uh, initial or founding found, founding members of Minnesota Military Radio. And Colonel, I'd like to thank you for joining us in the studio today. We've got a, an important man we want to talk about. And uh, before we do that, I want to play this uh, recording, which was from Drew Lee for our 10th anniversary of this show a couple of years back. Hey, it's Drew Lee from Twin Cities News Talk, the Justice and Drew program. To Tom Lyons and the entire Minnesota Military Radio crew, thank you for doing what you've done for 10 years. It's been an honor to be even a little part of the growth and and progress of this program. And I'm just so proud to have you guys on the station and to have played the little role that I could play in helping you guys uh, get off the ground. You took that ball and ran with it and created something very, very special. So thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you to the whole team. I look forward to another 10 years of this uh, fantastic, useful, helpful, valuable program. And Kevin, we played that because we learned uh, of the passing of Drew Lee this past weekend. And we're saddened beyond belief that our good friend and founding member of Minnesota Military Radio is no longer with us. We ask that you send up your prayers for this very good man and his family. And Gavin, as you know, I met Drew Lee about 12 years ago at a lunch. He had found out I was doing a business radio program, and I was a Vietnam veteran, and he had this idea. He wanted to do a Minnesota Military Public Affairs program, and he kind of talked me into it, and then I got a hold of uh, the Adjutant General and and he was all for it, and then we met you, and at that time, I think you were the public affairs officer and eventually the communications director for the entire Minnesota National Guard, and one of the first things you said is, we're going to do what? Well, without uh, Drew Lee, there would be no Minnesota military radio because he dreamed so big. You know, his he's a very experienced uh, uh, radio professional. He's worked in many different markets. I, I believe he worked in... Uh, at a radio station or a market, perhaps it was in Arizona, where there was a a large active-duty military community. And after meeting you, he really saw how he could transfer the patriotism, the passion, and uh, the appreciation for our service members, veterans, and families here in Minnesota to a great radio show. Uh, Minnesota Military Radio just couldn't have happened without Drew Lee. It was his idea, uh, and without his support and encouragement, uh, it would never have happened. And uh, he was always amazed that we, we added a new partner like Minnesota National Guard, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, Minneapolis VA, the CTF, the Commander's Task Force, all the veteran service organizations. And then one of the things he loved, I can remember one of the first times we took him on a trip, we took him on a thing called a boss lift up to up to Camp Ripley, his first ever trip on a C-130. Oh, absolutely. He he really loved being around service members and uh, had a great appreciation. And we're, we're so uh, you know, thankful that he let our imagination be our guide. And uh, he did not pass up an opportunity to hang around service members. So he got to ride on a C-130 and a couple of rides in Blackhawk helicopters and toured up to Camp Ripley. We had his morning show up there at Camp Ripley. And then we had an opportunity to go to Kuwait back in a long time ago. And he actually traveled to Kuwait, to Kuwait twice I went to do him. his show. I, you know, I went with him in 2019. I think you you were his escort in uh, 2016, I believe. I was along with him, and uh, he was sleeping in the barracks with all the rest of the guys, serving our troops guys, and, and he was having a ball. But I can remember there was a sandstorm there, and, and he kind of laughed, and he says, that's not sand, that's silt. He said, I've got it in every crack and crevice in my body. (laughs) (laughs) And I know he came back here and he enjoyed those trips and he enjoyed talking to all the troops and telling their stories. 
he, he sure did. And he was uh, 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 always a welcoming ear uh, when we wanted to inform the public about something important that the National Guard was doing. And uh, he really embraced telling those stories because he, he, he was up close and personal. No, we didn't put him up at the Kuwait City Hilton. He did stay with our with our with our. Uh, with our traveling party, you know, in in tents or in barracks, and he did the same thing in 2019. We had a, a great traveling group to go there, and uh, once again, just uh, thoroughly enjoy being around our service members. And we also got an opportunity a few years ago to take him over to Norway with us with his entire morning show. Oh, sure, to a little town called Hell, Norway. <laughs> You've been there, absolutely. And he got to meet the uh, Norway Home Guard and uh, do his show from there, and come back. They just had a ball and. And uh, I think he enjoyed uh, those little breaks and those trips as much as anybody. And I know that uh, he was he was the reason we're on the air. Uh, he became a great, great trusted friend. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him too. Got a, a lot of uh, great opportunities or great experiences with him and uh, just a, a genuine, gentle, caring soul. But you know what they say, we will miss him, but as long as we're alive, we will remember him. And as long as we remember him, He's not really gone. That's exactly it, Tom. So for all our listeners out there, stop and say a, share, a, a quick prayer for this very, very good man and his family. And, Kevin, thanks for coming in today to help us remember Drew Lee. Thank you, Tom. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Major Corey Robinson, John Lovell from the MACB, uh, a retired uh, founding partner, uh, Colonel Kevin Olson, Commissioner Larry Herkey for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we record from the Minneapolis Veterans Home with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.